Well, hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Westlake Daily Podcast. And with me today, I have Mopey. Hello, everyone. And I have asked Mopey to talk about the person who has been of most influence in her life. Who is that person, Mopey? Drum roll. Jesus. <laughs> so, it's always yes. a Sunday school I know. answer. Go on. So I thought about this and I figured that if I was going to talk about the person who had had the most influence on my life, that would have to be somebody who's influenced me, obviously, the greatest part of my life. And that is Jesus. I would, however, say that I think of it in terms of sort of two types. So I'll be a bit greedy and talk about the person who has been of most influence, but also a second kind of influence, which is that certain people at certain points in my life have either done something or said something that has really influenced my behavior then and um, afterwards. Okay, we'll let you get away with it. I was expecting someone like your mum or your dad or a school teacher or John Stott, whose church you were in, or yeah. but it's Jesus. Okay, what impact has Christ had on your life? Well, clearly, of course, he's my savior. So that's a big thing. However, when I think of influence, it's because of certain things. So first of all, everything he's ever told us about human nature and people, in my experience, has always been spot on. Absolutely true. The second thing is in terms of my own motivations also. So when I say what anything he's ever told us about human nature, obviously myself included, has you know always just turned out true. So I guess it turns out that he really does know the creatures that he made. But when I thought about this further, I realized that there's just no evidence in the Bible that Jesus ever thought about himself. And I realized that for me, I spend an awful lot of time thinking about myself. And so what that does for me, first of all, is that in realizing that it was First of all, it gives me the right focus because it's not easy to say I'm not going to think about myself. You've got to put something else there. And so I put him there and that gives me the right focus. And the second thing is that I just look at his life and anytime I am going down that route of me, 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 it just stops me right there because it's like, that's not what you need to do. And But more importantly, it shows me how to live not thinking about myself, how it can be done. And seeing as I spend so much time thinking about myself, uh, I have to have that reminder all the time. So that's why I say he's the biggest influence. That's great, Mopey. But people along the way, how have they influenced you? Yeah, so this is where family comes into it. My kid sister, go on. And her influence is because I've read sometime about a Christian writer who spoke about God's way of doing things and the thing each of the people I'm going to mention including my kid sister have in common is showing me God's way of doing things if I can put it that way so in her case she's seems to have a particular gift of being able to see things or situations stripping away all the complexity and just narrowing down to the essence which when you're faced with a dilemma is seems to me anyway it's usually a case of ethics or something and so an example I would give is a contract that I was hesitating about signing and I felt very uncomfortable and I could not figure out why I was uncomfortable 
And after talking to her, and it's not even in her area, but she pointed out that, well, you know, the problem here is that in order to sign that, you would be telling a lie. And then, you know, there's nothing left to say. And that's what you really need someone to do for you. It's not get into the details, but point out that, well, you know, this is what you would be doing. I would also say that all three of these people are Christians, so that might have something to do with it. So that's my kid sister. The second person is a lady I know who used to be a school teacher. She's now retired. Mm -hmm. And in her case, she modeled and continues to model. We've, uh, I met her before she retired and we've been friends ever since. But she models what it means to be free from attachment to material things. And when we first became friends, she was nearly retiring. And something had happened with the deuxième pilier, which is the second bit of the pension in the Swiss system. And so after, I don't know, 20, 30 years of working, um, she was going to retire with very little money indeed, because I don't think it was stolen, but something really bad had happened. And because I have a background in finance, I was working to see if we could figure out what was missing and if there was any way she could get the money back. She never did. And so she retired. She's always lived simply. She carried on living simply. Um, And then a few years ago, somebody left her quite a lot of money. Now, over the years, the place where she lives has kind of gone downhill. It's gotten a bit rough and she's an old lady. In her position, I'd be scared. Towards evening, it gets kind of rough and whatever. She owns the flat in which she lives and pays a mortgage. And I thought uh, when she told me she had come into all this money, I thought, oh, well, great. You can sell this, buy another one, move to somewhere nicer and have a nicer life. And she didn't. She uh, took some money, went on holiday to see some family in a far off place. And then she gave the rest of it to her old school, her old Methodist school, so that poor kids could have scholarships. And what can I say? It's, I don't think anyone could have faulted her for paying off her mortgage or buying a, you know, a nicer place, but she didn't. And when you talk to her, she's really not aware that this is anything special. It was what else was she going to do? You know, she knew about these kids. So that for me is just no attachment to to material um, things at all. And the third person is an old friend of mine. And her influence on me was in terms of reminding me of what Jesus told us, that let your yes be your yes, that you don't need anything more than that. And there was an occasion where I had uh, another friend coming to stay and we'd made certain arrangements. Now, this was actually quite a trivial thing. So in the sense that, you know, friend was coming. Yeah, maybe we'll go to the zoo or something, whatever. But then when I was talking to this other friend, the, the old friend who challenged me, and I said to her, I said, oh, but I don't really feel like going to the zoo or whatever it was that we had uh, agreed to do. I said, well, it's not really a big deal. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell her something and, you know, we'll do something else. And she paused and then she just said, she, she repeated that verse about, you know, that, yeah, she'll, you know, my other friend would never know because I would just say, I'm terribly sorry, you know, this came up or something. And she just said, well, you know, let your yes be your yes and you And that really hit me because I think compromise starts with small things. And when you start off on the, yeah, it doesn't really matter. And for some reason, that has just stuck with me all my life. And professionally, personally, anytime I'm tempted to 
go back on my word. I just remember her words, you know, sort of let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. And it stuck me with me ever since. That's a great Mopi. So the Lord Jesus Christ, your saviour and your teacher, your kid sister who boils stuff down to the essence, a friend, a teacher, no attachment to material things, and then another friend who tells you, let your yes be yes and your no, no. Absolutely. Great influences to shape a life. Yes, and um, I'm grateful to each and every one of them. Amen. Well, Mopi, thank you so much. Thank you. And God bless you and God bless everybody else. Thanks. Bye.